Hello, hello, hello. I can't hear you. Hello. I am, I am just so honored um, to be with you today. It is a real pleasure. I am just so grateful to God for this open door. I am humbled to stand in this very sacred, sacred spot and that God would entrust me with his people, with your attention, your ears, your eyes, your hearts, and that God would entrust me with his word. I am just so humbled. I am so blessed to, to, have, uh, to have Jeff in my life, Jeff and Katie, and their precious children. Uh, I'm blessed also for the, the sweetheart of my life, uh, Beverly, whom I have been married to for this year makes 28 years that we have been married to one another and have two precious sons. I am, I am impressed with, with Jeff. Um, Sometimes I go, I, I go to his office. I call his office the upper room. And uh, I am just so impressed with his memory as we have sat down in his office and shared our journey, our life journey with one another. And I'm just amazed at how he can remember and articulate my journey. But one of the things that I, I, that I notice is that he has selective amnesia. Um, as, he, as he was introducing me, uh, it, we, we, we have a wonderful friendship, and, and it is an indication that we have a wonderful friendship because Jeff, Jeff has this name that he calls me. He calls me a redneck. And let me tell you why Jeff calls me a redneck. Because I, in, because I like to wear cowboy boots. And he called my house, well, he called me yesterday and told me that to feel free to wear my cowboy boots today, but I chose not to wear my cowboy boots because I did not want to affirm uh, this label or this name that he calls me. In addition to wearing cowboy boots, I also enjoy camping. Uh, now, I don't like to camp in a, in, in, in a tent, but Beverly and I, we, we enjoy, uh, we have a travel trailer and we, we like the kind of camping, we like to really, we like to really rough it, you know, air condition, television, a little hot water heater in the, in the camper, toilet, and that's the kind of camping that we like. So I guess if those two things qualify me to be a redneck, then I am a redneck. <laughs> I'm just so glad to be here. Um, I'm, once again, I, I thank God for this opportunity to stand before you. Uh, I have been preaching for 32 years. I preached my first sermon when I was in college. And Every time I have to go somewhere to preach at a place that I've never been before, I get nervous. So, and usually the people that, uh, some of the, the elders or ministers at our church, whenever they have to minister and they come and tell me that they, they're nervous, I always tell them that your nervousness is healthy because it, it causes you or drives you to depend upon the Lord. So I am nervous, so, but in a, in a few minutes, I will be able to return to my old self and be able to feel at home and, and be able to go, back, go home and take me a nap. <laughs> God bless you. All right, would you please turn your Bibles? If you have a Bible, would you please turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is a very familiar verse. Uh, matter of fact, let's start at verse 13. Solomon has just finished the prayer of dedication. He's dedicated the new temple that he's built for the name of the Lord in Jerusalem. 
And after Solomon finishes the prayer of dedication, God begins to speak to Solomon. God says to Solomon in verse 13, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land, and I'm reading from the NIV, starting at the, at the verse again from the beginning, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. About 26 years ago, matter of fact, uh, August 1984, uh, I had been, by that time I had been walking with the Lord for about, ten, about eight years, really. And, and I was tired of my, my walk with God in terms of, in, I was tired of the, the fact that it was vacillating. My, my walk with God was like the Dow Jones, you know, just up and down, just, just vacillating, you know. I want to get closer to the Lord and, and you know, and I, I, I would get closer to him for a little while. And then after a while, you know, I would just, whatever, for whatever reason, I would be drawn away from him. So in 1994, I decided that that's enough of, of, of vacillating. That's enough of my walk being like the Dow Jones. And I decided that I would do something that was unnatural, that I would start waking up early, earlier uh, than normal when I was working at IBM. And so I started in 1984 waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and well, Lord, Lord knows when that alarm clock went off at 5 o'clock in the morning, I wanted to I wanted to destroy it. Um, but I, I kept going, kept doing it, and now, you know, it's been many years, and now I, I don't use alarm clock uh, every day, uh, 5 o'clock. It's as if the Lord wakes me up at 5 o'clock and calls me into his presence, even, even when I am on vacation. And this is what I hear God saying. It's been 26 years, and of, you know, just spending quality time with God, solitude uh, with God. And I hear, I hear the Lord saying, even in this verse, that he's, he's calling us back to himself. He's, he's, he's calling us to return to himself. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7, I believe it's verse 7, says, return to me and, and I will return to you. In James chapter 4, God says, if you draw close to me, I would draw close to you. So uh, Jesus, Jesus talked about it like this. He, he talked about us being thirsty and, and us, us thirsting after God and us, us hungering for him. Uh, so it is God's will that, that, we, that, we, uh, that we draw close to him. Uh, we're born again. We're saved. Our, our names have been written in the book of life. We, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, dwelling in, with us. He's with us. Uh, but God is, is, is calling us. He's calling us uh, to himself. Now, who, who is God calling to himself? Who is God inviting to have a closer relationship with him? Who is God inviting to return to himself? He says, if my people 
who are called by my name. If my people who are called by my name. So God is not calling all people, but God is calling his people to himself. God is calling his people to return to him or to, to come close to him. Uh, this, this call is not to, to everyone. It is not to pagan. It is not to the heathens. It is not to people who are not born again. Uh, it, this call is to God's chosen people. The word, of the, Lord, the word of the Lord says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, for you are a chosen people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people whom God has called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, I like what your pastor said as he was uh, introducing the uh, covenant of baptism today when he talked about, very, he touched on the fact that we are God's people and that he is our God. And all, all through the Bible, all through the Bible, God, God oftentimes says that you are my people and I am your God. So he, he, wants, he wants us to be distinct. And, and you know what makes us distinct from all other people is the presence of the Lord in our lives. So when God calls us and when God invites us to come closer to him, God really wants to make us distinct. And it is the presence of the Lord in our lives, and in particular, the manifestation of God's presence in our lives that makes us distinct from everyone else. And it's like, like Elijah would when he was at Mount Carmel, and he challenged the prophets of Baal. And what made Elijah stand out from the prophets of Baal is the, pres- the manifestation of God's presence. And I, you know, I don't have time to, to get into all that Elijah did in challenging the prophets of Baal, but the main point is, is that God is calling his people, not the people in the world. Jesus said that his people would be the salt of the earth, that his people are the light of the world. Oftentimes we expect people that do not, that are not God's people, we, we criticize them for, for their behavior, but they're acting the way they are supposed to act because they are not the people of God. But Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth and that we are the light of the world and that light is to shine in the midst of darkness. So those who are not the people of God, then they are supposed to act the way they act, but then the presence of the Lord manifesting in our lives is the light that is driving out the darkness. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7, God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah, and God says to the prophet, you will, you will know in your heart that I am the Lord, your God, and that you are my people, and that I am your God, and that you will return to me with all of your heart. So many times, as I've said, many times in the Word of God, God talks about us being his people, and we are, uh, that he is our God. Matter of fact, he says in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 22, so you will be my people, and I will be your God. In Jeremiah 31, verse 33, when he talks about this new covenant that he's going to make with us, he goes on to say in, in, in describing that new covenant, he says, I will be their God, and they will be 
my people. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 38, he again says, uh, they will be my people and I will be their God. In Ezekiel chapter 37, he also talks about uh, the fact that we are his people. They will be my people and I will be their God. In, in Hebrews chapter 8, uh, another time that he, he mentions the fact, he, he affirms and confirms the fact that we are his people and that he is our God. And I, I believe that is a special relationship. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, enabling us to cry, Abba, Father. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to be in fear, but we have received a spirit of adoption that enables us to cry, Abba, Father. So God, has, God is calling. God is crying out for us to return, to, to come closer to him. God is crying out, and this cry, this invitation is going out to God's people. Now, what does God want his people to do? Well, first of all, before I go there, I, I'm just amazed that when, when the Lord talks about his people, God says, my people who are called by my name. I, I, I haven't fully grasped, grasped that. Why would God call us by his name? That he would love us just that much that he calls us by his name. I mean, I'm not fully, I, I don't fully understand that, but in my limited understanding, if God calls us by his name, that, that's like when I married Beverly. Beverly's maiden name is Dawson, Beverly Dawson. But I loved Beverly so much that I, 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 I entrusted her with my name. It is, it's, it's, I, we were so intimate that I entrusted her with my name. Now, I certainly hope that, that she finds it a, a, a worthwhile privilege <laughs> to, to have my name. But, I, but when, when I think about God and when, when I think about his character, that he would entrust us with his name, if my people who are called by my name. Well, how, how do we know? How do we know that we, that we, that God is calling us closer to him? How do we know that God is calling us to return to him? Well, this scripture talks about that God says, when I shut up the heavens, when there's a famine in the land, when there's a drought in the land, those are indications where that God is calling his people. Uh, I call them censors. I call them detectors. Sometimes we don't know when God is calling us. So God gives us sensors. He gives us ways of detecting. It's like, for example, uh, a smoke detector. All of us have smoke detectors, I would assume, in our houses. And the purpose of the smoke detector is to, is to, ele- to let us know that there, that there is smoke in the house, that something is wrong. And in particular, if you're asleep, the smoke detector is supposed to alarm and to wake you up to let you know that there is something is wrong in the house and you need to get out of it. Or a carbon monoxide sensor or detector. So God sends sometimes circumstances into our lives, to the nation, to our nation, to, as sensors, as detectors, to let us know that, that something is wrong. So God says to the children of Israel, I will let you know that something is wrong by if there's a drought in the land because I am in control of everything. 
And therefore, if I hold back the, if I hold back the rain, that's to let you know that's a detector. That's a sensor to let you know that something is wrong. I'm getting your attention. I am alerting you to something. So this is what God does. When we look at our nation, when we look at our nation and we look at the, 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 the condition, the moral decline of our nation, uh, I was, I was, my heart was so broken about four or five years ago when uh, all over the news frequently, newspaper, on, on, on television, uh, the news report was that Orlando, Florida is experiencing the highest murder rate in history, in its history. And, and that, that really struck me. That really hit home with me. And in particular, I, w- I was so heartbroken because quite a few of those, those victims uh, were African-American young males. And it, it, just, it just struck my heart. It, uh, my heart was so broken. And so I, I believed that that was a censor. I believe that that was those the murder rate was a way of detecting that God is calling us to return to him. And that's just one example. Even when we look at our economic meltdown, uh, I believe that we have to take that as a sensor, as a detector that God is trying to get our attention. Well, God says there are four things I want you to do when he gets our attention. There's four things I want you to do, the people of God who are called by his name. He says, number one, I want you to humble yourselves, to humble yourselves. Be be real, be genuine. Number two, I want you to pray. Why do I need to pray? You know, you're sovereign. You can do whatever you need. You, You can do whatever you want to do. Now unto him who's able to do it exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to your power. You know, why do you need me to pray when you can do whatever you want to do? Why? Why do I have to pray? Well, I'm often amazed when when I ask myself that question because prayer does not come natural. It's not a natural thing. If If it were natural, God wouldn't have to tell us to do it. Prayer is unnatural, so God has to tell us how to pray. That's why Jesus had to teach his disciples how to pray, because prayer is unnatural to us. So uh, when I look at Jesus, God, Emmanuel, God with us, why would Jesus have to go on the backside of the mountain at night and pray all night? Why do you need to pray? Why, when it came to, to Gethsemane, right before he being crucified, why would you agonize? Why do you have to agonize in prayer? And then uh, Romans chapter 8 talks about the Holy Spirit. Even now, the Holy Spirit is praying, is making intercessions for us. And not only that, but then Hebrews chapter 4 says that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's also praying, making intercessions for us as well. Well, when I ask myself the question, why do I need to pray? Then the answer to me is this. If Jesus had to pray, and if, the, and if the Holy Spirit is praying, then guess what? I ought to also pray. God has commanded us to pray. God has commanded us. There's some things that God will not do until his children pray. So the, the, the second thing is that God says, I want you to pray. The third thing, God says, I want you to seek my face. In other words, seek intimacy with me. 
draw close to me. Seek to know me. Not just, you know, he didn't say to seek his hand. I mean, don't, don't seek the hand of God. I mean, when I think of the hand of God, I think of we, we know we just want the blessings of the Lord, but we don't want a relationship with him. You know, Paul says that it's a fellowship with his suffering, to, to, to know him and the power of the resurrection. So God wants us to, to seek his face, his face, not just to seek material blessings, but to seek a relationship with him. That's the third thing that God says. And then the fourth thing God says I want you to do is I want you to turn from your wicked ways. And then God says, if you do those four things, if my people who are called by my name, those who are the salt of the earth, those who are the light of the world, if my people who would would do those four things, God says, I do three things. Number one, I will hear from heaven. I will answer your prayers. This call is not just going out to individuals, but this call of God is going out to the body of Christ. We are the chosen people of God. We are the chosen people of God. So uh, God says, I will hear your prayers. Second thing that God says he would do, I will forgive your sins. And thirdly, God says, I will heal your land. Our land needs a healing. Amen? I know the National Day of Prayer is coming up next month, and I don't know the date of it, but the National Day of Prayer is coming up, and God is calling us. God is calling his people. He's calling his people to do those four things. And our, our nation is in need of God to hear. Uh, the body of Christ is in need of God to hear from heaven, to forgive our sins, and to heal our land. Amen? Would you please bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, also for the opportunity that we would have to apply and to practice this word, that we will humble ourselves and that we will pray and we will seek your face and that we will turn from our evil ways. I thank you also for the detectors, the sensors, the the circumstances that you have sent to let us know that you are calling us back to yourself. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you and God bless you.